When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the Calm Blue podcast. It's our weekly Monday show brought to you from Poddymore Heath, John, our podcast studio space. Uh, I'm Dan Rowlandson, joined by John Townley to discuss loads of Aston Villa questions. Mm-hmm. We're going get, to get straight into it in a second. John, how are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks, Dan. Um, really good win over the weekend. Much needed victory. The 5-0 makes it even sweeter, but the three points was uh, really important going into... I mean, we mentioned actually on the... Um, in the side bottom, I'll show that we did that these three games, they're not going to be necessarily season defining potentially, but they have that feeling of, you know, Sheffield United was a must win in every sense of the phrase. And then Man United as well, a massive match in itself. They'll either go 11 points ahead, I think, mm-hmm. or five, obviously, if they lose the game, but they do have a, obviously a superior goal difference as well. And then Chelsea in midweek. So, yeah, really important week, but um, doing well. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little bit concerned that these microphones might be a bit too loud. So, I'm going to get up in a second and turn them down a little bit. Uh, we are in the studio space. The green wall is still here behind us, and we've got the indoor lights on. So, it doesn't look as good as I want it to be, but we are getting there. Shout out to the mugs, by the way, uh, from Diane from DTW Creations. She sent us a little business card saying Climate Blue Podcast thank you so much for supporting a small business and a little packet of Haribo's as well that's nice it's nice isn't it yep. so we'll try and incorporate those into one of the shows we do today it might not be this episode it might be the next one um, but yeah lovely little mugs and coasters as well which uh, you can't see the logo but it is there underneath uh, will not be seen on camera but there we are one isn't a viewer submitted one and one I forgot to do last week on deadline day when we did like grading Villa's window and we talked about it <laughs> We, we didn't, didn't actually grade the window, <laughs> so yeah. despite the thumbnail having an A star in it, which I don't believe in, by the way, but I thought it looked good. Uh, we had this episode called Grading Aston Villa's Transfer Window, and we didn't actually give it a mark. So before yeah. we get into viewer questions, if you had to grade the window, A star to F, yeah. where, would you, uh, where would you go? I've had about a week to think about this, because yeah. after the show you text me saying, oh, we didn't actually do the purpose of the video. Um, I'd probably say a B. You know, we're never going to spend huge amounts of money or make drastic improvements to their 11. That's something that you would do in the summer, as we saw, obviously, last year. Um, but what I would say is Villa were, I don't know exactly, but one of the highest spending teams mm. in, in the end because yeah. of um, Morgan Rogers and Kostin Novelkovic. I think that's how you say his name. You know, it didn't cost like two million. It was what, six, six, six point five yeah. rising. So, um, you know, not a huge amount of money, but more than what most of the Premier League spent. Yeah, it was a very low spending window, wasn't it this year? Yeah, for obvious reasons. PSR, um, a main kind of uh, reason behind that. Are but we, no, are we changing FFP to PSR now? Is that the, the abbreviation we should be that, using? 
Yes, and it might change again. Okay. So, um, yeah, FFP is a general kind of uh, phrase, I suppose. And, yeah, good window, I think, for Villa overall. I would just say that I think we're quite light in midfield. Um, mm. Letting Dendonka go, I wrote a piece about that last week, whenever the window shut. No, was it this week? No, of course it wasn't. It's Monday. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, Dendonka leaves... And I just think we're a bit light in that position. Mm. And I understand, again, it's good to get... Um, you know, Dendonka wasn't one of our highest earners, but he was earning, you know, a fair amount of money, which Villa obviously, you know, didn't want to be paying considering his contribution to the team. But I just thought, you know, for the rest of the season, we have... I mean, we're entering the final third of the season, but we haven't even started the Conference League, knockout shit. Maybe we can go far in the FA Cup, depending on what we do on um, Wednesday night. But I just thought... You know what? I don't know. Trying to like weigh up the risk in the financial terms mm. of it. Yeah. You know, if Napoli buy him for seven to eight million pounds. I think Villa could have got that money anyway from a, another team. I just don't think it was worth. You know, the risk of being light. If Kamara's yeah, Kamara's injured. Tim has played. We made his second appearance against Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield United. Sorry. Um, so I, that is just my main concern that we are light in that position. The rest of our business I think was good. I think it's really good to see us buying um, into, you know, those youth prospects and mm. um, clearly there's a lot of scouting that's you know gone involved in buying um Gauchi, Costa, Rogers has played we obviously tracked for a little bit and that we've followed um and Lana Sousa as well. So yeah, exciting players, ones for the future. Rogers will be in the first team obviously now Gauchi will be the kind of maybe the second uh, competition. Um, to Martinez maybe next season but um, yeah overall solid window but just a bit um, concerned about midfield depth mm. Let's go into viewers submitting questions then first one is from Joe who says do you think there's a, a position on the pitch that translate better than others between divisions so Gauchi for example is an A-league goalkeeper which is a very different standard to the Premier League mm. but is the art for want of a better phrase of goalkeeping like shot stopping or decision making yeah. not like an even playing field regardless mm -hmm. of the opponent I think that's a very good question Goalkeeper to me feels goalkeeper like an obvious one rather probably than an outfield player yeah, but then like even something like a striker, like if you've got a, a chance on the eighteen-yard box to finish, surely whether you're a national league player or a Premier League player, the technique of striking the ball is still the same. Do you know what I mean? Technique, possibly, but obviously when you're a striker, there's so much more than that. It's um, you know, it's having movement and the intelligence mm, to get across your man, and it's all sorts physicality, you know, all that stuff. So I wouldn't say striker, but I'd say possibly midfielder. But again, I think that you know completely depends on, um, you know. <laughs> your ability to step up in a again physically is, well. yeah there's, mm. there's a lot to it but I think potentially midfield but yeah goalkeeper is probably the main one for that um, but nowadays you need to be playing with your feet as a goalkeeper yeah. so I don't know maybe as the years kind of go on that will be more common because a lot of lower league teams now are playing out from the back and you know this is the massive effect that Pep Guardiola's had on the English game it's um, it's huge you know Notts County for example just as an example um you know, in the National League last season, they were playing this incredible football and I think the manager's now at Swansea, which is a very obvious fit for them. But yeah, those players you would now expect could make a step up uh, quite quickly to maybe the Championship or something like that mm. um, because they've been kind of taught in that way from yeah, yeah. an earlier kind of standing point. But the Premier League is so, so vastly uh, different. Like, for example, Costa, the right back we've signed, <coughs> he might have all the physical attributes, but technically that's the... 
you know, that's the key now and it's tactically how is he going to um, improve and evolve. You see that a lot with academy players as well. A lot of the academy players who are, you know, who look ready to make the step up to kind of uh, senior football are physically ready to do so, but it's technically and tactically it's having the, the kind of um, drive to learn more and develop. And I think that's something, for example, that Rogers has got in abundance. So um, that's why I don't kind of fear for him. I think he'll be, you know, flourishing under Emery in the next couple of years. Next question is from Christopher, who says, this is a podcast question. What happened to the WhatsApp community group? There was one yeah. post and then nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we need to address it. We should have addressed it earlier. I addressed it on my Twitter, but obviously not everyone's on um, social media. So our WhatsApp group that we plugged a couple of weeks, well, I don't Three know, it might have been a month, weeks, month yeah. ago now. Um, we had to stop it for a period of time due to like a technical error. Technical error sorry. Um, hopefully it'll be up and running again within hopefully days again at the time of posting this it might already be up I don't know uh, could be another week I'm not totally sure but once it is we'll let you know um, but it is a shame because we wanted to obviously kind of hit the ground running with that and we can't it's kind of out of our control uh, yeah technical error from Meta but hopefully it'll be fixed very soon we are trying well I don't know time. the answer to this question but this is probably a question that if I was watching I would have yeah. based off this answer if I already signed up the first time yeah. will I have to sign up again or will it just automatically <laughs> good start good question working? that's something that we don't know yet we're yeah. obviously we're speaking to Meta about it and we're asking those questions about will we have to start, make up a new account make up um, you know a new um, a new platform to access so yeah hopefully it will be back up and running within days but yeah, we'll let you know basically on the podcast and on Birmingham yeah. Live and on Twitter and stuff yeah, when it is ready. And then hopefully from then it will be kind of um, plain sailing. But we couldn't alert people that it's that we can't because we can't get onto it basically at the moment. Yeah, That's yeah. the issue. Uh, and it's trying to be resolved. So, yeah, very frustrating. But <coughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be. Hopefully the next time we mention it on the podcast, it'll be there to yeah, stay rather than yeah, uh, yeah. disappearing again. But yeah, that uh, hopefully clears that up for you. Christopher, uh, Travis asks, with Kane Kessler coming back, do you reckon we may see him start ahead of Cash due to Cash's recent drop in form? I don't know. I think Cash gets a lot of criticism. A lot of it I do think is unwarranted sometimes. I'm not saying Matty Cash is one of the best right-backs in the division. And... I just think sometimes he can be scapegoated, in my opinion. I think that's mm. always the case with with any team, to be honest. And it has been the case among the Villa fan base for a long time. Um, whether it's Cash or it's someone else. For example, Bailey. Uh, and I know Bailey's playing out of his skin now. But I, I don't like the narrative of, you know, Cash can't do certain things. So we have to replace this player. I and mean, this has to happen. I just think Cash is a Premier League player. He has his limitations, but so does... <laughs> every player do you know what I mean so, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's the best player on the team of course you know, he, he's not but for the position that he has and for what he can give us um, going forward uh, we don't have a player like him now we have Kessler Hayden who, Kessler Hayden sorry who's come into the team but he's still very young if I'm not mistaken he's 21 he's played championship football so far but that's a division that Matty Cash was lighting up for mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest and stuff so I don't think we can kind of make the you know, the comparison just yet. We need to wait for Kane Kessel Hayden, Kessel Hayden, so it's mouthful, to continue to develop. Did the Hayden bit? Or am I getting mixed up? I don't, I don't think he did because it's still on all the team sheets is and it? stuff. Okay, fair um, I thought he did as well, yeah, but it is... Say, it would make it less of a still, mouthful if you could still drop one of published, these names. Uh, okay. Yeah, Kane and Costler, should we just go with those? <laughs> yeah. um, Kane, Costler and Cash. 
But yeah, I, and concert, <laughs> concert, Kane Costa, <laughs> concert and Cash, yeah, brilliant. Quadruple of K's and C's. Yes, I just think, I just think it's a bit scapegoated sometimes. That's all. Mm. And to say that Kane Costa should now take his place, well, because of because of exactly what I think that's know. a little bit extreme I think concert is the obvious choice at right back and there's a question about they're that, very so we, different we might as well do it they're d- yeah they're very, they are very different players though concert and of your, of cash they're, yeah. they're there for different Emery said it himself concert plays for more defensive security and cash plays if we want basically a player who can get to the byline and almost plays a winger um, mm. and I don't doubt that Kessler Hayden can do that but we need to wait for him to mature. The last thing you want to do is throw him Kessler Hayden in and he doesn't have a very good game and his confidence drops and then exactly, you know, yeah. that can have an effect on a player. Yeah, let's mention Conza then because there is a couple of questions about him. Uh, Darren says, I think Diego Carlos needs to be in our back four. We seem to get clean sheets when he is in there lately. Conza, Carlos, Torres and Moreno is how I see us lining up in big matches if they are all fit. Yeah. And Dr. AVFC says, should Conza remain at right back now for the majority of games? He drops into a back three in possession anyway, but it seems like we've played our best football with him in there. There was a stage when I didn't really want Conza at right back because I think he's a better centre-back mm-hmm. than he's yeah, a right I, back, but he's not playing the right back in the sense of that he's bombing down the touchline mm-hmm. that you mentioned, although he did make his way into the box against Sheffield yeah, United yeah, and, and did well. Yeah. Um, but I do think that uh, both uh, the commenters there are correct that we play a better brand of football with I that back so. line, I think. Yeah, and if we were playing a cup final tomorrow, that's the team you'd play because yeah, I think yeah. it gets... It, Emery wants control in games. That's mm. the fundamental key to what he wants to be doing with Villa um, he wants control and that allows it because then you have kind of four safe players in possession there um, including Kamara and then Moreno plays obviously further forward I think with Cash it gives you an, it gives you that outlet and I think in home games that can help because it gives you more aggression I think in the final third because we've said before he likes to uh, get into the box he's a box crash is what we've called him and that is very useful, especially against some teams who are playing that low block against us because Cash can take markers away in different areas, which mm. opens space for yeah. DRB, Bailey, etc. <clears throat> so, again, there's pros and cons to both. But I think, but I think in a, um, you know, in in most games, as the question said, there's a fundamental Emery wants control. And I think having Conser there gives you more of that, not because Cash can't play that way. But I think it just it gives us more security and it allows um, other players to make use of those areas that Cash wants yeah. to kind of get into. Yeah. And again, that can work in some games, but some of them um, maybe not so. And by the way, I think Cash coming off the bench in some games also does help because it gives you a completely new way of playing sometimes. And um, when the opponent is uh, kind of low on energy, that sort of thing, Cash coming on is not really what they want. So, mm. um, yes, yeah, still a very useful part of the 11 really not doesn't have to be starting we've said before like in the in the first part of the season Leon Bailey is you know a great finisher to a game well now he's undroppable yeah um cash can be that I think for us in terms of not undroppable but a player who can come into a game and make a real impact a couple of quick fire ones here I think uh one from Nate who says as Bertrand Traore terminated his own contract do we know if he left on bad terms hmm. uh so those contracts uh Terminations, if that's the right thing to say. They are mutual, so it's not a case of um, the club ripping up his contract and Traore just walking out the door. It's a mutual thing, of course. It's uh, it even paid off to some degree, whether that's the full yeah. length of his contract or... Yeah, that's not something that 
we know, but um, yeah, it's, it, they are mutual. The only thing I'd say is the club, you know, they were obviously unhappy that he's. It, it was kind of like a bit of a running joke that Traore would be playing more for his country than for <laughs> Villa, but it was true, <laughs> and Villa were paying his wages and a lot of them, so um, that is going to be frustrating as well. You know, it's not always Traore's fault that he's injured. Of course it isn't. I'm sure he wants to play every game and be involved. Um, but, you know, the the truth of the matter is that he's played, that he played, sorry, twice, I think, in the Premier League this season. Burnley and Luton, I think. He came off the bench, um, played in the Conference League a little bit. But then he's playing for his nation in almost every international yeah. break. He came back injured, didn't he, from the November one. Um, so that is a massive frustration because although Traore isn't a kind of, you know, he, very, he was very much on the fringes, but these are players that you still want in your team. You know, if you look at the bench, not necessarily against Sheffield United, but uh, I think it was Chelsea, it was really weak. You know, there really wasn't a lot to go there, to go off there. Um, and last season we saw when he came back, he made a key impact. He won uh, two extra points against Leicester and he scored the first goal the week after against Nottingham Forest. So, mm. um you know, while these players don't make a massive impact across the season, if they do it in one or two games, well, that can be the difference. So, yeah, um, yeah frustrating for the club that he couldn't show in the last 18 months any sort of consistency, really. Um, but, yeah, as far as I know, there's no kind of falling out or anything. It's their mutual termination. So. Yeah, it's the right time, isn't it? It's one of those. Yeah. It's, it it's a shame we couldn't get a fee, but I'm not, yeah. not shocked. Uh, Sam asks, it's the age-old question. I think we've probably done this before. Champions League qualification or Conference League win. You can only choose one. Well, I, sorry, Sam, oh, but I, 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 think, I think the question, I get it, but uh, we can do both. So yes. I really don't want to... I will say one. Oh, no, I won't. <laughs> I don't want to. pick one. He says I know, you can only choose one. Oh, yeah, but we can do both. It's like saying... Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's you know, just... Oh, um, it's Champions League qualification. If you can only pick one, of course it is. It's a higher level of competition. All right, next question. Conference League gets you into the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I obviously silverware is massively important as well. I'm, I'm. I think if it was, I think we've, I think the one we've probably done is Champions League qualify, Champions League qualification or FA Cup. I think there's more debate there. Go on then. Because I think there's more prestige for the FA Cup. I think that's a competition okay. that is worldwide famous. The Conference League is it's European. Is no, I'm yeah. with you. Like when we at the start of this season, when I was um, saying if we won the Conference League, I wouldn't even kind of put it <laughs> near the Champions League. <laughs> no, no, I would. No, 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 no. I would celebrate it because it would have given us a platform to the uh, Europa League, right? But obviously now. <laughs> Here we are trying to get Champions League. And it is silverware, the Conference League. But my point was that I wouldn't kind of open up a... You know, what did West Ham do? Did they do like an open bus parade or whatever? I think so, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Because no, I, I, think think I, I, think I just think Aston Villa... I know we haven't won anything for a long time, but Aston Villa is a 150-year institution. And yeah, all the history we've had, I, I don't think... Oh, I don't know. Do you do Conference League is an open... I, do you just make the most of I, um, celebrating? I mean, that feels a bit I like the celebration police to say we can't have an open. No, no, no. It's not that you can't. I'm just saying that I. I think if you did one, people would turn out for it. Yeah, I think they would. But I'm. 
I don't know how what to, a conversation this is, by the way. I just like guessing whether we have an open top bus pro for something we've not even won yet. Do you see where I'm at though? Like, I'm, yeah, I, know I what you're absolutely want us to win it. I'm like, this is why I couldn't answer the question because I'm desperate for us to see us win a trophy. Hmm. But the FA Cup is that's an open top bus ride for me because yeah. that's like a you know we, this is um this prestigious this, competition. it's prestigious. We've we haven't won it for so long. The Conference League, I know I said before, and it probably sounds a bit dis- disrespectful, I just feel like it's a bit made up-ish. But every competition is made up. The FA Cup was made up. No, I know, uh, no, I know but this ago. is... No, I get that. I just You've got the Champions League and the Europa League. You've I'm got really just needling the FA here. Cup, the Carabao Cup. And then a, I know that there was, you know, the European... I think there's there was like a UEFA whatever before a UEFA Cup yeah. and stuff. But this just felt like a... Oh, let's make another cup for the teams who aren't good enough to get in the Europa League. And yeah. that's like, you know, well, the team who finishes seventh, like when West Ham, I know they do it tongue-in-cheek, but when they sing um, Champions, Champions of Europe, Europe or, yeah. or whatever, it's, well, that's because teams, the six teams who finish above you couldn't even access that tournament because <laughs> they're better than you. Yeah. And it, it just feels like, you know that meme where you've got like the guy on the podium and he's got the champagne <laughs> and then there's like six people above him being like what's he celebrating for oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to put that in that isn't me trying to disrespect what we could achieve this season I'm just saying that the FA Cup is like the you have to be the best mm. full stop to win it the Conference League you have to be the best of the teams who, are, who can't get better than who, do you know what I mean who weren't as good to qualify for the other competitions yeah I think we can qualify for the top five if the top yeah. five gets Champions League and get. Conference I think we league. can win the Conference League. I think yep. we can go far in the FA Cup as well. So do I. I, I genuinely so think we I. can do all three. Um, the thing that you say about like you're you know the champions of Europe, but you're you know six teams above, you couldn't even get into that mm-hmm. because they're in more a better competition. I, yep. I get that, but also saying you've got to be the best of the best to win the FA Cup. I'm just starting needling you here for the sake yeah, of yeah, argument. Yeah. I only think there's about six teams that can win the FA Cup, despite it being open to the whole of the English football. I think there's only about six teams that can win, or four, three, you know what I mean, that can win the Conference League as well. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah but like the, the FA Cup is, is all of the best teams in the country. Like, it, it's the kind of the maximum, do you know mm, what I mean? Yeah, Whereas yeah. But the I, Conference I still only League... I think there's a handful that can actually go all the way. The Conference League just, again, I want to win it, desperately want to win it, but I don't want to kind of make a massive song and dance that we've you know like West Ham have gone you know for them they don't they haven't won much kind of in their history you know no disrespect they just haven't um, so for them that was like massive and like a for them probably felt like a turning point in their history sort of thing whereas if we won it I just see that as a oh finally we've kind of overcome the fact that we haven't won a trophy and I'd be obviously delighted and you know massively made up but I wouldn't put it near the the European Cup that we've won. You wouldn't have it in the tour. No, exactly. I would, do you know what I mean? That, that, that's my point, really. Mm. Because we've achieved something that you can only achieve... Because you're not as good as somebody else. This others. isn't the right words, but because you're... Because you're not good enough to go for the other. Yeah. So... Yeah, I know what you mean. That's kind of where I'm at. Whereas every, all the other trophies are like... And it's going to sound a bit silly, but like the Europa League, I would celebrate... I, I would celebrate the Conference League, but it, my point is that the Europa League, I think, is a big because you you can drop down for the Champions League if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you know, it's there's there's reasons to suggest that okay, well that's still a big achievement, 
you know, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, Carabao Cup, uh, Champions League, Europa League, sorry. Conference League just feels like a bit of a bolt-on to me. Hmm. Sticking with Champions League then, Matthew asks, label your confidence on a scale of 1 to 10 that we will be in the Champions League next season. I think this is quite interesting to have to put a number on it. This is what I said on Twitter. I want to be really precise. Uh, 67%. I thought 68, too fair. Were you actually going to say 68? Yeah. I think if fifth is definitely Champions League. Oh, I'm classing fifth as Champions League. Okay, you are already. If it's top four, it goes down to about tops 50. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. I was going to say if it was fifth, I'm like 90%. It would be a surprise if the Premier League didn't get fifth. Yeah. It would be. The amount of teams that are in European football, the amount of good, like Man City, will be going Man far City in the Champions League, if so not win Arsenal. it. So will Arsenal. Villa should go far in the Conference League and help ourselves out. Um, Liverpool in the West Europa Ham League. are good in Europe. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool in the Europa League, yeah. And so are Brighton. So there's a lot to work with there. So it should be, um, should be fifth. I think 85%. Yeah, they're in the Champions League if fifth. If it's fourth, I'd certainly be. You know what? I'm just. I'm. I think I'm we're, really I think we're just good. I think we've got that point. <laughs> I think again, all these things look very different over the space of as the weeks go by. Of course, if we beat Man United at the weekend, I'd be that massive. point gap is so so kind of. I don't want to say comfortable. I know, things change so quickly, but I'd be so much more comfortable. You know what it is with that. We could have gone 14 points ahead of United. Uh pretty much this point last month a bit more than a month but it could be cut could be cut to five in the space of a month that's what nearly ten point difference if they beat us um, which I don't think is out of the question could easily happen I think it it pains me to say yeah I think United are the only team who who could catch us because Newcastle look quite flaky I know they beat us twice but I yeah, think, I, I think the top know, I'm six, just cautious still. I think the top six in no particular order is Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool. I say in no particular order. That is the top three in some kind of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa, Spurs and Man United are the, are the top six. I'm not sure we finish with Spurs. No, in any order. Okay. I do think we'll finish fourth above Spurs and Man United. So you do feel we'll finish I think, we'll fin- I think I'll, if I had to put, put a prediction down on a piece of paper and say where we'll finish, I will go for fourth. Because okay. I've gone with it consistently. Yeah, yeah, you have. I think if we finish fifth and that's Champions League, I'm still absolutely buzzing with oh, that. Oh, God, yeah. But I think somebody of those three, Villa, United and Spurs, will be sixth. And then you've got West Ham and Brighton and Newcastle, Newcastle as the tier below that. I don't think any of those three will be in the top six. That's where I would put it. Yeah, that's how I group it as well. Yeah. Um, but you finish, You think we could finish sixth just, out of those? Uh, no, I think we'll finish fifth. Okay. And that's why I say 70%, because I still think that's quite a, you know, I'm pretty confident that we'll finish fifth. I just, I just think a lot can change quite quickly. Mm. If we can continue as we're going at the moment, not necessarily recently, but it, you know, whenever we lose, we always bounce back, and you know, we usually win. I think we always win actually, and that's that's massive because that means that even if we were we were to slip up, um, the likelihood is that we then react and we kind of rectify for that. And I think you know it helps that Man United are inconsistent or have been so far. So of Newcastle. Um, They've been inconsistent as well. I just, I'm, the Conference League for me is a massive um, question mark. It's going to be so many games. Seriously, like the quarterfinal and semi final are separated by one week. So come April, the end of March into May, 
so many games. Like, it, it's going to really, you know, the group stage was nowhere near as intense as what this is going to be. And the pressure it's going to bring as well. We're obviously favourites for the Conference League. The players know that the club hasn't won silverware in a long time. We're going to be playing against teams who know that we're the favourites. So it's a scalp. That's their biggest game of the season, pretty much, for a lot of those teams. I just... So at what point do you prioritise the Premier League then? With a, this is the thing. They're both priority. Because we've got, we, we know now, we know, you know, as I said before, 19 games and asking me about what Villa's priority is. Obviously, we're further along the line now, but now we know that we can definitely get Champions League and we can definitely win the Conference League. So for me, there's no priorities. It's you, you, You're juggling both now. Mm. Um, and that, that in itself is something that we won't know how we're going to deal with until we do it. So that's why I'm 70%, because I'm pretty confident that we'll finish above those teams. But we'll see, because... You know, one bruise on the thigh to Ollie Watkins in a Conference League game means that he could then miss, I don't know, say Luton away, for argument's sake, I don't know. Um, and then we might not be Luton, which would be a very difficult game anyway. But do you know what I mean? And then United could gain points on us. It's it's going to be like that every week. And right now I am feeling quite a bit of pressure. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Tottenham's games and I'm celebrating Everton scoring a last-minute <laughs> goal in the car going off to Sheffield United. Um <laughs> You know, and I'm watching United games, you know, actively wanting them to lose. And I know that seems pretty obvious, but before I was very much like, oh, Villa will do their thing. Villa yeah. will be fine. And, and I, I stick by that. If Villa do their thing, they will be fine. Of course they will. But you know what I mean? Uh, even I'm trying to... Every little... I'm, I'm, even game. I'm looking yeah, at every yeah. game thinking, oh, Lissandra Martinez is injured now. That's a massive boost for Villa. Yeah. Not just in the game, but because United are weaker going forward. Um, not that I want to see players get injured, but you're not a... You know, so... That's where I'm at now. Another hypothetical here from Brent who says, there's talk of selling Douglas Louise for £100 million. Would we not be better selling an academy product like Jacob Ramsey, but for pure profit, say 50 to £75 million, because we'd never replicate Douglas Louise for that extra £25 million revenue? So selling Jacob Ramsey for 75 is easier to, yeah. easier to replace well, than selling Dougie for 100 I wouldn't sell either of them personally, but if a hard decision had to be made, who goes? Speaking to people within Villa... Jake Ramsey isn't for sale. Mm. Um, that's what they said. They categorically said that he's not for sale. They're not going to entertain offers, etc. Everyone is for sale, though, if the right price. That was in. my ne- yeah. That was my next point. Yeah. And we said that in the podcast previously. If Bayern Munich make a seventy million pound bid for Jacob Ramsey, of course we're not going to just turn yeah, it down and block them. Yeah. Block them on email. Um, <laughs> is you that know, how deals are done? Email? <laughs> no, no facts, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know, not for sale. But, of course, every player has a price. Um, so we'll see. The only thing I'd say about that is that Douglas Louise will basically make us pure profit because his book value is now so low. We signed him for £15 million. Um, he's been at the club for... 2019, is it? Five, no, five, five years. 2019, five, Yeah, five years in the summer. So his book value is so low, it's basically pure profit. Pretty much, not pure profit, but as close to it as you can get. From really. an accounting point you know, of view. Same as Ezra Concer. Again, yeah. not a player that I want to see sold, but those players now are pretty much kind of like a full profit trans- uh, transfer, like a full value um, they would be getting for them if they were to leave. Again, I hope they don't. I, I, w- I would say who would who is more important, who would you keep? You know, Louise, I think, is that player because he's just yeah. a magnificent footballer. Um, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. I'm not saying Ramsey can't be that. I think he can be that. But um, who is more important right now? It's probably Louise. 
there's two here from Jack and Sam. Sam Ty, in fact. Uh, Jack, first of all, says, please analyse Diaby. Uh, is it no confidence? He doesn't seem to run at players. Too many simple passes go amiss. It's very frustrating. P.S. Love the podcast. Uh, and Sam Ty says, how on earth have we got to the point where Diaby looks lost and Leon Bailey lifts this level of the team so considerably? Football is mad. That's <laughs> uh, a great point, isn't it? At one point, yeah. Bailey was the guy that was like, oh, we need to get rid of him. He's not good enough. And now he's undroppable, as you said earlier. Yeah. I do hope that Diaby gets to that stage in the next year or so that he's super important to us and I genuinely think he can be that but going back to Jack's point I think it is I think it is confidence I think it's adapting to a a new system a lot of information from Unai Emery and and the coaching staff and when it's not going for you it's difficult to to get it going for yourself Uh, I think it's just a a matter of patience maybe I think I think it's a lack of confidence but then the, the obvious question is why is it a lack of confidence and I think it's Possibly because he had such a good start, because he hit the ground running so well. Um, six goal contributions, six goal contributions in his first game, uh, first seven games. Sorry, um, you know he, he was, you know, every bit the player that we thought, you know, we were getting. Yeah. Um, you know, you're thinking, oh, he's going to be going to the Euros with France, that sort of thing. We've got, you know, a top top player on our hands here, and I do think all those things are true. But he's lacking confidence, I think, because teams, I said before, are now respecting us, which is difficult for a player like Diaby because he's not hugging the wing like he would previously be doing. Sorry, um, at other clubs, for example, Leverkusen, he'd have Frimpong and himself there, and it's a lot of pace that even, you know, I suppose like a low block, even that even those defenders in the low block would struggle because it's a couple of passes and they're into little corners. It's bursts of acceleration. It's, you know, sprints inside and there is space to be found there. Whereas now he's playing uh, closer to Ollie Watkins. So he's playing more central. There's less space there. He's playing against big physical centre-backs in the Premier League um, that all know exactly what he wants to do, which is to run at them, use space, cut inside on his left foot and get shots away. And Leon Bailey's doing that much better, I think, because he's adapted, obviously, now to the Premier League. Um, he knows his teammates, obviously, much better than what uh, Diaby does as well. So I think it's a m- kind of a multitude of things, but it's nothing that I can't see him overcoming. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. If Diaby um, hadn't impressed you know, at the start of his career, I'd be a bit worried because it's like, well, what you know, signed? What, what is yeah, and will he get better? Because yeah. that, that's a genuine question. But we've already seen that he's a good player, and we've seen him do it well for Villa. Um, and he's not a one-trick pony that he can only run into space. And you know, so I'm not worried. I just think at the moment there's a few th- reasons why. And I think he's when he plays best, it's when he's with Bailey, for example. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes to my point of what I mentioned there about Frimpong being with him at Leverkusen there's you know speed there's a combination um, with Bailey standing as well yeah yeah. Yeah. so he knows him and there's combination there those are two key elements for Diaby especially against teams who respect us Um, so that's why I think he's probably playing his best football with Bailey but then in terms of how we set up can we afford to have both on the pitch when Tielemans is playing so well Um, obviously there's John McGinn as well Douglas Luiz needs space to create so yeah these are all good problems to have but of course you'd rather have a a Moussa Diaby who was more um, confident at the moment but um, yeah I think that will come eventually once he's adapted and once he's uh, kind of fully integrated I suppose uh, into you know into um, his new environment but also in the Premier League 
this is by no means a bold prediction, but Musa Diaby will make a big contribution at some point for the rest of this season. Whether yeah, it's scoring important yeah. goals in the Premier League to secure top four, whether it's scoring the winner in the Conference League final, whatever <laughs> it is, like Diaby's still got a yeah, lot of time to contribute. Exactly, he had a really good start to the season, and it's kind of petered out since then. But as I said, have a brilliant end this, of the season. Yeah, as I said earlier, we're about halfway through the season. If we want to go far in the Conference League, which of course we do, so there's plenty of time for him to yeah knuckle down and continue to mm. improve. David asks, is Ollie Watkins finally getting the credit he deserves inside and outside the fan base? Is that making him more noticeable across Europe? I think David's probably right, to be fair. Um, I what, think he's half right. Really? Okay. I, Watkins, I think, is getting his flowers now. <laughs> he's, uh, oh, that's a nice phrase, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think because he's been so good this season, like to the point where, you know, only Salah has more Premier League goal contributions. I forget the stat now. Was it? He's the first player to have ten, 10 plus goals. goals and assists in the league. Yeah, in Europe's top five leagues. Yeah, that is something that you can't ignore. Um, however, I think it's crazy that it's kind of taken this for this to happen for him to be playing. You know, even that good for um, outsiders to be kind of noticing him. Uh, I think on match of the day, there's something. They said something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, he's got to go on the plane now." I was thinking, <laughs> could have said that about six months ago. Like, yeah, um, I was saying it last year just because of he's so different to Kane. He's so different to the other strikers that we have. You need different profiles. Um, that's just talking about England, but yeah, he's uh, he's. A, I saw Matt Lynch actually, um, obviously came on the podcast, and he said he was elite, one of you know one of the elite strikers in Europe, and didn't even like bat an eyelid. I was like, yep. Yeah. Absolutely, we did the Haaland. How, video, how can he not be? He's the second best striker in the Premier League. Yeah, Haaland is number one. Watkins is number two as an out and out centre yep. forward. Obviously, you've got Salah and Son and blah blah blah. But even so, but out and out numbers, number so, nine. Yeah, he's the second best in the league. You can't tell me any different. I think the point about him being more noticeable across Europe is a little bit like the conversation we had. Might have been me and Matt actually um, about like teams getting found out, like as if Premier League clubs don't know what other clubs are doing, like. Your scouts will be fully aware of Ollie Watkins. Yeah, no, 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 Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, like as if like AC Milan or whatever. Are yeah, go, what oh, I scored would... eleven goals now. Like, oh, let's have a look. <laughs> like, they'll be aware of him anyway if they want to be aware. Of yeah, him. and you know he's just signed a new deal. I yeah, heard someone anyway, yeah. um, mention uh, where it was on the radio, just a video I was watching, saying, "Oh, why didn't Chelsea just buy Ollie Watkins?" As if just buying Ollie Watkins <laughs> is an option, you know. How much is he worth, Ollie Watkins? Now, right now, oh, hundred million plus. Yeah. Why would Villa entertain anything else? You know, second best striker in the Premier League, scoring goals, getting assists, fundamental. Getting assists. Uh, he's got a me, great age. He's he does. The guy never gets injured. <laughs> touch wood. God, you can't <laughs> touch wood. <laughs> never gets injured. Rarely gets injured. Uh, he's a machine. He works his socks off. Presses high. What's not to like about Ali Watkins? He's yeah, the perfect. Age as well. huh? Good age as good well. Good age, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, the only thing he doesn't do is score a hat trick every game. Like, you, you know what I mean? He, everything there is just fantastic. This, why would you put him less than 100 plus million? Or, I mean, you, again, you would just close the email when they ask you. Um, <laughs> you know, in our fantasy email transfer, uh, you know. But no, you wouldn't entertain it. And yeah, again, really important that we got him down to those new terms. Um, you know, he's probably going to have to give him another contract next year if he continues the way he's going again. Yeah. The, the the context around the assists 
and no penalties is no is penalties as well. Probably, yep. if you're not a Villa fan, maybe don't look into the mm. fact that he's got 11 assists and he's not like our corner taker or something. And he's yeah, getting yeah. assists Set from pieces, that. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah, to, it's, to, to be a, uh, so good at both. Like I it, think it's we talk about him being like the second best striker, hmm. but he's a forward contributor with yeah. the assists as well. Yeah, yeah. it's Harland and De Bruyne in one. There's the title for today's episode. <laughs> oh God, I think it's 28. Goal contributions in 32 games in all competitions. 26. I think. Yeah, different... Different stats have different numbers. Yeah, yeah, weirdly. But it's a hell of a lot of, uh, you know, guys greedy with it, which is great. A couple more questions to end the show. These are still about strikers. Um, John, first of all, says, despite having so many scorers in the match against Sheffield United, will this be maintained moving forwards to make up for not buying a striker in January? Hmm. My hunch is that it will. Our midfield will step up and score plenty. I saw the tweet you did, and this is why I wanted to include this, of the goal contributions across the team. Some great numbers yeah, yeah. From, from the squad as a whole. Firstly, based on the Sheffield United game, what I would say is that I, I don't, take much out of the 5-0 element because mm. that is a championship set of players yeah. and the real you know I've I've been banging on I say every podcast is boring I haven't seen Villa kind of put out a 10 out of 10 away performance and we've really you know warranted you know a 2 or 3 nil win or whatever it may be and that was that performance but I, you know I almost just put a line through it because it's just you the standard for them. I feel like you should be doing. Yeah, you you, doing. exactly. And we should have been more if we wanted it. You know, it was it was a practice game in the second half, and Emery kind of said that himself, saying he's practicing things. So yeah, I don't take much of, uh, from that five nil, but it's good obviously to see um, th- those players have stepped up throughout throughout the first half of the season or two thirds of the season. Um, Louise particularly getting amongst it really well. So yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that they'll continue to um, contribute and I think they have to because we're dominating the game so much in an, in an opponent's half that our midfielders aren't playing on the halfway line like they were under Dean Smith or Steven Gerrard they're playing on the edge of the box <coughs> like um, McGinn Bailey uh, all these players they're they're in zones where they can cause problems whereas previously Villa midfielders you know, McGinn probably had about five goal contributions in most of his Premier League seasons before now. Something like, possibly more, I don't know. But, you know, give or take. It's his best goal scoring season already, isn't it, this season? Yeah. I think he's got six. And that's because we're dominating teams and because we have yeah. someone like Torres um, who can control matches and just keep giving the ball to them yeah. on the edge of the box and stuff like that. So, uh, we spoke yeah. about this on the post-match show, the McGinn goal to kind of set the tone early on to obviously get the lead. He reacts quicker than I know we just said about the standard mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But Sheffield United defenders don't react to that ball coming back off the post yeah. or being cleared off the line. Yeah. They kind of give up on it. Whereas McGinnis makes up a load of ground yeah. to get there, and it's obviously an easy tapping. And that's, but and that's, you put yourself in the position. And that's not a goal that Villa have seen McGinn score before this season, yeah. unless it's for Scotland because he's not given either yeah. license to do it or Villa, you know, don't have the capability to say pin teams back and um, yeah so it's no coincidence that because of the team that we are now that all the players are contributing because they're allowed to pretty much they don't have to run with the ball for 30 yards to get close to it for example if Grealish was playing in our team now he was always dominating the kind of stats of progressive carries and uh, runs into the final third by you know a long way across all the players in Europe that would be you know still high but significantly less because there would be less space for him to uh, run and manoeuvre his game would be different so um, just as a side point when people say oh would you take Grealish back into the team you know yeah of course I would Grealish is the best player I've ever seen play for Villa but 
he would be different. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't be as manic and like as he is for City, but he'd he wouldn't be the player that runs from the penalty box like he did against Arsenal. I mean, he could for some games when you know we're defending, but as a general rule, he'd be um, a different player. He'd be doing different things and you know similar to what he's doing to City, doing for City, but not to like an extreme level. Yeah. The final question then for this Monday show Q and A is from David, who says, "Talk about Cameron Archer, please." There's lots <laughs> of speculation about him returning. Should and it's inevitable in brackets that Sheffield United get relegated. Yeah. Uh, something about it being in the contract. Is there any truth in that? If so, I would have him back in a heartbeat. Yes, yeah, so we're led to believe that he will be coming back to Villa. If um, they're relegated. If they're relegated. When and that, they're relegated. And that was the clause when they're relegated, yeah. And of course, then the conversation is, well, what happens then? Do Villa sell him off You know, once more or do they keep him in the squad? Um, I would suggest that he probably leaves again because Villa have John Duran, who I think has made great strides over the last year. <coughs> also, obviously, injured now until April. Um, but yeah, a, kind of a surprise, really, when that news came out. And again, we were led to believe that is the case. So... There was a rumour of it, wasn't there, a few months ago when he, when he first went there that it was yeah. almost like um, an extravagant loan, basically, that there was this, this deal in there that if they were relegated, Villa would be obligated to buy him back. It was obviously the, the buyback clause was something we knew about, yeah. the buyback option, where it becomes an obligation if they're relegated, like he, he will come back and the figures for the transfer already agreed. Mm-hmm. I think there was something about, and again, whether this is true or not is a different matter, like Archer's contract and stuff is already agreed for him to come back as well. Like all that was sorted. And that's yep. why it took such a long time to, to get it over the line to begin with. So that Sheffield United being relegated, they paid what for him? Was it 18 million or something? 18 million, yeah. So Villa paying, buying back for 12, let's say, and we don't know the figure. It's basically a 6 million loan fee. Yeah. And so Villa also get to then offset the transfer fee across his contract again, if they were to yeah. keep him around. Yeah. So again, we don't know the final figures, as you say, Dan, but, you know, if he comes back and when he comes back in the summer, I suppose you could say, um, I'll be interested to see what kind of interest is for him because mm. he's obviously proven himself in the championship, you know, for sure. But in the Premier League, he hasn't proved himself quite, but it's very difficult because he's playing Sheffield for United, a very yeah. poor team. So, um, I don't know. I you think know, for me, someone like a Crystal Palace, I was like about a, to say uh, Leicester, to be honest. Something yeah, like, you know, yeah. a team who I don't think will be in, um, you know, clear of danger next season necessarily, do you know what I mean? But they could have enough, you know, to stay up, I think, above yeah. some teams because they have already a decent base of players and um, they're clearly, you know, a, that's a Premier League team waiting to be. So I think Arch could go in there and not necessarily start every game, but can definitely contribute in a better team and that would give a better reflection of him as a Premier League player mm. and Palace maybe, yeah. Um, I was just thinking they'll be interesting. never going to be in the top half mm-hmm. but also never really yeah, have yeah. a massive threat of relegation yeah. somebody if they stay up like an Everton well, they've obviously mm-hmm. got no money to spend really yeah. somebody who he's going to play 25-30 yeah. games score 10 goals and have a good Premier League career yeah. but not and exactly pull up trees I'm sure they'll be interested it's just a shame that that particular move hasn't worked for him because it must be quite difficult for him to you know get himself up for leaving Villa finally fresh start and then you get relegated and have to not come back. actually a fresh yeah, yeah. so 
Hmm. Okay, well, that's uh, quite a sad end to the show, really, out, out of nowhere, really. <laughs> I feel like we needed to save a silly question to end on just for something different, but I've used them all up. Sure, you don't have any more silly questions. No. I'm sure sad, you can make one. <laughs> sad, sadly not. Uh, obviously, it's Chelsea this week on Wednesday. I don't think we'll be doing a specific preview show for that. Um, so let's quickly talk about it now. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I say quickly, I mean it. Um, we will take it seriously, of course. We're yeah, not yeah. at that stage now where it's like, do we rotate in the FA Cup? I think you, you have to go out and win. It's it's obviously every game in the FA Cup is knockout. Once you mm-hmm. get to the replay stage, like this is definitely yeah, it now. Yeah. Um, you've got the, the, the prospect of another home tie after this against Leeds or Plymouth, low league opposition. Yeah. You're then looking at, well, if we beat them, you're, you're quarter-final. quarter-final. If you get through that, you're at Wembley. Like We're now at that stage yeah, yeah. where you do take it seriously. Um, so just, I suppose... What kind of lineup do you go with? Is it full full strength, or, or do you make a couple of changes? And what's your uh, score prediction? Yes, yeah, strongest team possible. Really, I I, yeah. I, th- I think we can afford to um, <coughs> do that because you know. Yes, we have United on Sunday, and um, we can make changes in the game. But I don't think we need to be resting the whole team because, if I'm not mistaken, we have a couple of weeks at the end of this month where we only play weekend games. It's not I as if I think after Man United, it's just once a week. Yeah, so it's you know pretty chilled after that, and then it then it goes mad. then it gets Mental. horrible. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that, a lot of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. I mean, that's what we want. But yeah, full strength. Um, I don't expect Torres to be fit. Uh, Emery said last week that he expects him to be in training this week. Hopefully, um, again, we'll ask him that tomorrow at Bodymore. But uh, whether he's playing for United, playing against United as well, I don't know. But. Um, yeah, so I expect full strength pretty much against yeah, Chelsea. Maybe there might be a change here or there, but you know he's not going to make five changes. It's it's going to be a strong team, and as you say, then if we get through that, all of a sudden you kind of you are. You Competition know, opens I said, up, yeah, like I so. said before the Middlesbrough game, that I wasn't massively up for it because Villa's record in the FA Cup because of we all know what happens next, Old Trafford, you know, but <laughs> but but now you can see a route to it. Fantastic! Now, as I said before, my focus wasn't the FA Cup, but it will be if we beat Chelsea because mm. all of a sudden we're now juggling three things, um, which is a scary thought to be honest. But it's exciting. <laughs> it's funny. Well, I isn't think it? <laughs> it's just a lot of stress. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a silly question to end off the back of this conversation. Not surprised. You're not, you're not going to like this. I can tell you now. Okay. You can only win one: <laughs> Chelsea or Man United. <laughs> That's such a horrible question. <laughs> That's a groom question. So you can get through to the FA Cup, you can have that Leeds or Plymouth game, or you can beat Man United and open up the gap in the league to 11 points and, and keep yourself in the top four. You can only win one. The Man United game is causing me more stress. I mean, you could... Right, here's where I'm at. The Chelsea game is a one-off. Is like a uh, You win it and you're through. Yeah. So that's like a, oh, just win the game. And Man United, you can draw the match and you can get Champions League still, easily. Yeah. Um, right, not easily you, but you can't draw you have to lose no, the other one. Uh, I, oh god because um, I think the obvious right, answer I'd is you beat Chelsea beat, and you beat, draw to Man United beat Man United then you'd rather beat Man United than go out the FA Cup if, if you had to lose and draw lose and draw one, uh, lose, and, lose and win one which yeah. is a stupid question of course it's a stupid um, question what w- I would I would hate to lose both five games five point gap but a five point gap Man United It's quite well. terrifying actually Man I think. United coming and beating us at Villa Park I, again Yeah and a, f- a five point gap isn't something that I'd I'd rather go out the FA Cup and have an 11 point gap in the in the league That's, uh, and that's Although a, we had a big debate like about the FA Cup and the Conference League 
about what it means, prestige and stuff, they're two pieces of silverware. I think we'll probably only win one. You know, we yeah. could win two. Um, oh, but if we win both, the FA Cup. Yeah, of course. But I mean, one is fine. I'll take one. I don't know. <laughs> we can't be that greedy. Um, I'll take one cup, and I think we have every chance to win the Conference League or the Africa. But for the five point gap <laughs> to United, it's just something that I really don't. It's not going to. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to be really stressed over the next couple of months, few months, because Champions League is that important. And. Uh, don't want to lose to Man United. Mm-hmm. If I had to lose one, it would be Chelsea, just because the five-point gap against United would, I think that would be something that they could get over the next few months, whereas a win would open it up quite... It would look good, wouldn't it? It would look good. But, uh, yeah, it's a horrible question. I, I want to win both, so... I think we can win both. I think we, of course might, we, can. we might win both. I think we will beat Chelsea, and I would take... I would take a draw against United. I probably would take. I, two, I don't I think, know if I'd take. That's that's the better question. Would you take a draw against United? Not putting me in a corner about. I, I think I, where probably, I, think like. I probably would just to. There's no ground loss then, isn't it? It's just done and you you move on past it. But that would feel a little. But the ground at the moment, I think, is quite. What is it now? Eight it's points. Eight points at the moment. It's three games, can, isn't it, to overturn? But that can change in one weekend. Like, but I think if you draw and it's still eight points, it's harder for them to overturn it. Because they don't play you again, obviously. If they play, no, I understand that six-point swing in one game. I know, but that's only one weekend when Villa lose at Luton, United beat someone. It's just, just as an example. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I I think I probably would just about take it. I think the fact it's a home probably would sway me to not take it. Put it this way: the thought of losing is. uh, yeah, makes you feel quite sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so if it was a case of I'll oh, just to get it over with and out of the way, take a draw and, and to just to not have to not lose against them, yeah. I think I probably would take it. But I, I think we can win both. I'm not saying we, we can definitely win. This is what we said it before. We said we could beat def- obviously beat we can beat Sheffield, uh, we can beat Chelsea, and we can beat United. But then I remember saying, but we, we will win, win all three. three. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, that because th- where we were where we were in terms of no you know limited confidence that sort of thing. Um, but in each game in isolation, we can we can win them. So um, <laughs> yeah, oh, I've absolutely <laughs> oh, made you so much joy in this podcast. Honestly, the last third of the season is so. There's a lot of moving parts, and you have to just take it each game as it comes. Honestly, yeah. once we've beat Chelsea, let's then talk about Man United later in the week. How about that? Yeah, but I've just said now that I'd rather lose. <laughs> no, I want to win both. Uh, right, let's call it there, John. Thank you very much for your time, as always. Thank you for you guys for submitting questions. Uh, you can get involved in the comments on YouTube with some of your answers to these questions as well, particularly these kind of hypothetical, you can only win one nonsense. Uh, get involved in those, as always. Thanks to Diane from DTW Creations. I will link her Instagram in the comments down below for the Monks and the Coasters and the Haribo as well, which we will dive into in another video. We'll be back later in the week with more Claret and Blue content. There's obviously two games this week, as we've just been speaking about. So there'll be two post-match shows uh, and a preview for Man United as well, plus some other bits and pieces. So stay subscribed to Claret and Blue, stay tuned. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again very soon.